We are witnesses. In 2016, there's a movie that came out called Risen, and it was about a soldier. It's a fictional story about a soldier who had partly assisted in the crucifixion of Christ. And then three days later, he's tasked with finding out what happened to Jesus' body. And so he proceeds to go around and interview the different witnesses, people who were there, people who claimed to have seen Jesus after his death, claimed that he had risen. And these accounts seem almost crazy, these people claiming to have seen a dead man alive. And yet they had joy and hope. And the story kind of culminates when, there's a little bit of a spoiler, by the way. Um, actually, spoiler, the tomb's empty. Jesus rose, right? So, but, so that the soldier actually encounters the risen Lord himself. And, and he is changed. And so it's, it's the witnesses that lead him to an encounter with the Lord. And then he becomes one of those witnesses. That's how you and I came to faith. Today in our gospel, we hear Mary Magdalene go to the tomb and she encounters an empty tomb. So then she goes and she testifies to Peter and the disciple that Jesus loved. And then they go to the tomb and then they, then they go and, and then they witness to other people. And, and it's that line of witnesses unbroken all the way down to you and I, you know, maybe passing through our parents and families, maybe not through them, maybe it was through a faith community, but somehow it's, it's witnesses that have testified to us about who Jesus is. But it's not just the, their witness, that then that it leads us to an encounter with the risen Lord, that that changes us. And, and compels us to then be the next witness to go out. And it's interesting, too, to think about those early witnesses, people like Peter today in our, our first reading, that, that Peter stands up, this man who was scared and who had denied Jesus, and now he's publicly proclaiming, yes, that, that Jesus that you had killed, like, he's alive, and we've seen him, we ate and drank with him. And that's kind of a... A, a not a best thing to do for Peter because the, if his king was, if his lord was killed, that he also could be killed. And actually many of the early Christians were martyrs for the faith. And they actually went to their death with, with joy and with confidence because they knew Jesus alive. They knew he had power over death. And it gave them a freedom to, to live as, as witnesses for Christ. But maybe, maybe that's a struggle for us today. Maybe we hear about this, the, these people who encountered the Lord, and maybe we haven't. Maybe we hear about witnesses of faith, and we say, well, that's nice, but, but I haven't encountered the Lord. And so maybe our, our prayer today, if, if faith is a struggle for us, then maybe there's an invitation to turn to the Lord and ask him to reveal himself. Lord, I want to see. I want to believe. I want faith. I give you permission to reveal yourself to me. Give me the gift of faith. Help me have an encounter with you, the risen Lord. Lord, I want to believe. 
The, the Lord desires to reveal himself. He, he will do that. Our, our world today needs witnesses more than ever. You know, uh, the people we encounter in our lives, they're probably not asking to encounter Jesus. However, they can encounter us. And they can begin to believe or not believe based on how you and I live, on how we witness the faith. There's an old uh, a song I remember growing up, if you've heard the band DC Talk, and on one of their tracks, they, they quote uh, a gentleman named Brennan Manning, and he says this, he says, the greatest single cause of atheism in the world today is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips, then walk out the door and deny him by their lifestyle. That is what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. That the people claim to profess Christ and yet live very differently. And I think this is a challenge right now in, in a good way for all, for all of us who are you know, isolating at home. That it kind of proves and shows, is my faith just about going on Sunday or is my faith something that permeates and, and comes out of my entire life? And so there's, there's the ev- what is the evidence there? And, and maybe I'm not liking the evidence. Maybe my faith is, is struggling. Maybe it's not as visible as I would like it to be. Well, that's beautiful because now I know it and I can do something about it. I can choose to go forward with faith. I can witness my faith and, and my joy in, in all aspects of my life. But something that's interesting here is it doesn't mean that if I do that, if I believe, if I have faith, it doesn't mean that everything's going to go right. It doesn't mean as Christians that, that everything goes our way. I mean, you look at Peter, you know, he's mar- martyred. But he was able to face that with a confidence and a joy knowing the Lord is with him. And so today, for example, that, you know, a lot of people's economic security financial safeguarding is, is, is up in the air. There's a lot of uncertainty. And it doesn't mean that, oh, if I have faith that, that all my money's going to be okay, that, that the Lord's going to protect me and I'll emerge from this with, with more money and I'll be okay. No. <laughs> what it means to be a person of faith and hope in the middle of this is that even if all my money goes away, I know that I will be okay. That the Lord is my security, not my own hands. Or maybe there's a, a frontline medical worker, you know, that oh, if I have faith that, that I'm not going to get sick, I have faith and I, and I just won't get sick. No. <laughs> what it means is that even if I get sick, that I know that the Lord is, is, is my health and my strength. And that even if, it, even if my life is, is taken from me, that I have confidence that the one who holds my life in his hands will bring me to that unending life with him in heaven. And so just because things are going poorly doesn't mean that the Lord isn't with us. It doesn't mean that we can't walk as people of hope and joy. I mean, it, it's actually precisely in those circumstances that our faith shines through. I mean, I, I kind of felt that personally last night I went to bed with a, with a migraine. And... And so today, as I wake up and my head's kind of throbbing, it, 
it makes me think that, you know, believing in Jesus, that Jesus risen from the dead, doesn't mean everything's perfect and, and I'm just this great optimist. No, it means that even in the midst of suffering and difficulty, that I have a confidence that the Lord is with me. And that even when things are really hard, all the more so that, that I have hope that Jesus has me where I am and he's going to bring me through in, in a beautiful way. That everything, including me, is in his hands. And I can face today with confidence and hope, knowing that he raises all things. And so when things aren't going well, it doesn't mean I'm doing something wrong. <laughs> I mean, maybe I probably could have drank more water yesterday and that probably would have helped me. Um, but it doesn't mean I'm doing something wrong. Like uh, my faith, maybe my faith isn't the greatest right now. But the, the question is, I can learn, I can go forward. I can, I can choose to drink more water. I, I can choose to respond in faith and prayer today. Maybe my faith isn't that great. But I can choose today how I go forward. I can choose to, to be, what kind of witness do I want to be to this world? That how we live and how we talk, it, it witnesses to our world today about what we believe. I heard Curtis Martin speak not too long ago. He's the, the founder of Focus Missionaries. And they had done this survey where they examined two different groups of families. One group was uh, families in which every single child continued to practice the faith as adults. And the other group where people, the parents practice the faith, but all of the children, or basically say none of the children, practice the faith as adults. And so they did this survey to say, well, what was the difference? What made the difference in the families? You know, did they go to Mass or not? Did they pray the rosary? Did they say grace? Like, what, what factor is at play there? And the one thing that kind of emerged from that study was that the families in which the grown children all continue to practice the faith is that they had spiritual conversations, that they would talk about the Lord, that the Lord wasn't just something that happened on Sundays, but the Lord was part of their daily life, part of their conversations, part of their family. And so they would, they would bring it up and talk about it at the dinner table. And what a beautiful opportunity now that as we are home with our families, what place does faith have in conversation? And how do we talk about it? When we talk about, like, where is God at in all this? Is it met with, you know, incredulity, like a lack of belief? Or is it, you know what, we don't know how we're going to get through it, but we know that God has us and we're going to be okay. We know that maybe I lost my job. But somehow I know that God still is going to take care of us. That witness will speak volumes to the people in that family. And perhaps, it's, perhaps God allows the negative circumstances so that the witness of our faith actually shines brighter to our families and to our world. The Catechism says that at all times and in every place, God draws near to man. That includes now. It includes here. That this becomes our latest, newest invitation to lean into him. That the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace. That when God is with us, that we have those fruit, that they're made visible. And those, those are fruit that you can't fake. You can't fake joy. You can't fake peace. It is, it is fruit. It is evidence 
It is witness of Christ present. And so having this confidence in the Lord allows us to live in a fallen world of sin and sickness and suffering and death. To live in that same fallen world with a confidence and a hope in the the power of the one who conquers all those things. Christ has a plan and a desire for every single person to know his love, to know his salvation. And so how does he reach all those people? He sends out witnesses. You and me.